millions of chickens are carking it. Some of the ones that remain have stopped laying. And fake eggs are a thing. And how does Bill Gates tie into all of this? You know, if you ordered a pie at a restaurant for dessert, it would probably be served to you with Bill Gates' finger in it because he has his finger in all the pies. Also, hot on the heel of Australia Day. What's more modern-day Australia than cancelling people as Dr. Peter McCulloch gets the old Novak Djokovic treatment? So we're going to talk about those two things in just a tick. But first, as actually, you know what? Uh, I'm not going to say tick. I don't like them. They freak me out. They're probably genetically engineered anyway. So we'll just rewind that and say we'll talk about those two things in just one moment. But first, as always, welcome to another episode of the Arriving Somewhere with Matt J podcast. Commentary, comedy and conversation. Please remember to like, share, subscribe, comment, rate. I never say rate. Rate it in the app of your choosing. That's all a very big help. Alrighty, where to begin? I went down the rabbit hole of eggs. And I'm not talking about the Easter Bunny here. I'm sure you've all heard that the avian flu doing the rounds, killing a lot of chickens worldwide. Various countries are under egg shortages anyway. There's new rules and regulations regarding how you can produce eggs, particularly in New Zealand. And the prices skyrocketed. Now, what I've seen on social media, particularly Twitter and Instagram, is there's well, seemingly a lot of people now coming out and saying that the feed that they've been giving their chickens has resulted in their chickens not laying eggs anymore. And the ones that have changed the feed up, the chickens started laying again. Awfully suspicious. But that's not what I wanted to discuss. I'm definitely keeping an eye on it. But fake eggs are a thing. Fake eggs. And Bill Gates is tied up into some of this too. So where I'll start is from an article from time.com from November 6, 2012. This is by Patrick Bowler, I believe is how you pronounce his name. Bad eggs, another fake food scandal rocks China. So it says here, fake eggs first appeared in the mid-90s and production spread all over China. The state news agency reported back in 2005. At the time, the production cost of a fake egg was half of its real equivalent. With the proper equipment and materials, one person could produce 1,500 fake eggs per day. Now, citing an anonymous source, the paper outlined how the fake eggs were made. Prepare a mould, then mix the right amounts of resin, starch, coagulant and pigments to make egg white. Sodium alginate extracted from brown algae gives the egg white the wanted viscosity. Then add the fake egg yolk, a, mi- a different mix of resin and pigments. Once the proper shape is achieved, an amalgamate of paraffin wax, gypsum powder and calcium carbonate makes for a credible shell. So that's an article from Time, 2012, reporting on something that happened and has been happening since the 90s. Also on MyRecipes.com, fake Chinese eggs are a big problem in India and they're scarily convincing. This is from... February 2018 by Mike Pomerance, and it says some foods make sense to fake imitation crab has been a cost-effective substitute for real crab for decades adding wood pulp to grated parmesan is a simple if controversial way to boost the bottom line on an expensive cheese I had no idea that was happening absolutely no idea apparently wood pulp is used to they make 
cellulose out of it, and it's used as a uh, anti-clumping agent in the cheese. I'd also imagine it's used as a bit of a filler as well. But I had no idea that was happening. That's that's kind of weird. That's a little bit a little bit strange. But anyway, back to this. It says, um, and hell, if you can pass off horse meat as Kobe beef and don't mind doing the jail time, if you get caught, that's basically free money. But eggs seem like an odd product to fake. So again, this is from 2018. Um, chicken eggs are readily available and affordable, and in the US, eggs are at their lowest price in a decade, which is clearly not the case anymore. But according to reports coming out of India, the country has recently seen an influx of fake eggs, most likely from China, and the less palatable and potentially unhealthy fakes look so convincing some people are swearing off eggs entirely. The eggs have reportedly been popping up in stores and supermarkets, with some consumers mistakenly purchasing the fakes before complaining about the subtle differences, shells that are hard to crack, and contents that become rubbery when cooked. Now they also go on here to describe the time article I just mentioned and what's in these eggs, how they make them. But they additionally add, uh, it's believed that ingredients in artificial eggs may also cause liver, brain or nerve issues. Oh, how wonderful. So how does this relate to Mr. Billy G? How does he get all mixed up in this omelette of madness? Well, NPR, January 26th, 2023, this was on their... I guess their morning radio show. If you go partway down the article, it says economics versus ergonomics. Basic economics tells us that when the price of something rises, people will buy less of it. Demand goes down. But ergonomics is a different story, says Bill Lapp. Even when the price of eggs go up, people buy them. This is what is called inelastic demand in economics, meaning that it's something people will buy no matter what. Look, that might be the case here, but people will still change their behaviour. This egg prices go up, it affects the cost of... Well, almost all foods, especially when you go out, especially if you go to a bakery, things like that. People will change their behaviour. They might not spend as much because those prices are going to go up as well. So egg demand should come down in that sense. But anyway, this article says, any interest in a mung bean omelette? Demand might be slow to change, but supply is another story. The exceptional, the amount of puns in this article is disgusting. The exceptional circumstances around eggs over the last few years has created a major business opportunity for, for food companies. All kinds of egg alternatives have been cropping up. Not only freeze-dried eggs, but also plant-based egg products. Those are usually soy or bean-based liquids that resemble scrambled eggs when you cook them up. For the first time last year, egg alternatives were cheaper than real eggs. And not surprisingly, sales of egg substitutes rose by nearly 20%. Just Egg, which makes a mung bean-based scramble egg product, has reportedly seen sales rise by about 17% over the last year. Right now, if you can make something that looks like an egg, tastes like an egg, and costs less than an egg, you can make a lot of money. Now, again, on NPR's site, you go to June 13th, 2013. Why Bill Gates is investing in chickenless eggs. Oh, hey, Bill. Hey, Billy G. How you going, buddy? The largest private landowner in America. And it says here, the egg of the future may not involve a chicken at all. In fact, in the high-tech food lab at Hampton Creek Foods in San Francisco, the, chi- the, chickenless, the chickenless egg substitute has already been hatched. We're trying to make, or not hatched, because it's not an egg. This isn't actually a fake egg like you're getting out of China. It's fake eggs, 
but it doesn't actually have a shell. Uh, we're trying to take the animal totally out of the equation, Josh Tetrick, founder and CEO of Hampton Creek Foods, told me. Hampton Creek's egg substitute product is called Beyond Eggs. Now, Hampton Creek no longer exists under that name. Again, this is from 2013. They now go under Eat Just Food Company. And this particular product is now called Just Egg. So it's not Beyond Eggs, it's Just Egg. Now it's made from bits of ground up peas, sorghum and a few other ingredients and it's attracting the attention of high tech investors including Bill Gates. Investors like Gates are betting that our planet can't sustain the current rate of growth in animal based foods for too much longer. And Gates says this, raising meat takes a great deal of land and water and has a substantial environmental impact. Put simply there's no way to produce enough meat for 9 billion people. Of course we want to hear that coming from the US's largest private landowner. So they go into things here like the, the amount of water and land it takes to grow the grain and things to feed the animals and the food and the whole food production supply chain. And they also mention fossil fuels. So what I've noticed over the last little while is that there seemed to be a bit of a rejection of fake meat, soy-based meats, things like that. And now with the price of meat and obviously eggs has skyrocketed. Now will people change their behaviour? In New Zealand, people were rushing to buy chickens for their backyard. And then the media's come out recently over here with articles saying, why you shouldn't buy chickens? They're harder to raise than you think. Trying to put people off getting a little bit more self-sustainable. But it's interesting too, because if you go over to Bill Gates's blog, gatesnotes.com, he talks about in 2016 why I would raise chickens. And he's excited about the poverty-fighting power of poultry. Uh, He's talking about the 1 billion people living in extreme poverty, predominantly sub-Saharan Africa. And he mentions that if he was in their shoes, he would raise chickens. He says, Our foundation is betting on chickens. Alongside partners throughout sub-Saharan Africa, we are working to create sustainable market systems for poultry. It's especially important for these systems to uh, to make sure farmers can buy birds that have been properly vaccinated and are well suited to the local growing conditions. Our goal, to eventually help 30% of the rural families in sub-Saharan Africa raise improved breeds of vaccinated chickens, up from just 5% now. So Billy G, he's got his fingers in all the pies. And you know, I'm pretty sure the WEF would be on board with a lot of this. They probably like chickens. Chickens eat bugs. They probably see us as chickens. They want us to eat the bugs as well. Unfortunately, uh, we can't lay eggs, although some members of the WEF and UN and whatnot probably do because they are lizards. Anyway, it's probably enough about the eggs. I just wanted to bring it up because I don't see many people talking about that particular aspect of, well, fake eggs, actual fake eggs and plant-based substitutes. Anyway, speaking of eggs, Australia, you're full of eggheads because you have decided... Not all of you, granted, I'm generalising. But you have decided, Dr Peter McCulloch, he's cancelled, get rid of him. Dr Peter McCulloch, you may know, one of the world-renowned cardiologists who has been speaking out over the last few years about the jibbity jabs. He was set to tour Australia, and people don't like it. They don't like it. This is out of The Spectator Australia, written by, I guess, someone under the pseudonym Flat White. I don't know what that means, but anyway. 
They say it's happening again. Australia previously embarrassed itself on the public stage when it called one of the greatest and most respected tennis players in the world, Novak Djokovic, a danger to public health for the heinous crimes of refusing, well, you know, the medicine, now widely understood to be dangerous. And as you remember, he was detained by the government and then deported and couldn't play in the Australian Open. Funnily enough, though, the Australian Open this year in 2023, uh, the final of the men's tournament is on on Sunday, on the 29th of January, and Mr Djokovic is in it. So that would be fantastic if he won that. That'll leave the Aussie officials with egg on their faces. eh? You see what I did there? NPR would be proud of that. Now, if you'll remember at the time, there was, let me find it, Australian, Australian Lawyers Alliance, Greg Barnes, SC went on record at the time describing the new powers as godlike, where a minister could refuse visas to any high-profile person for simply holding a contrary view to that others may agree with. From memory, it did come down to, in Australia, one minister could make that decision. And that's what happened. Under immense pressure, of course. So now it is, well, it's happening again. Dr Peter McCulloch, a widely recognised and prominent commentator regarding the danger of the Voldemort virus medicine, has been invited to speak in Australia alongside United Australia Party Senator Ralph Babbitt and the former member for Hughes, Craig Kelly. Activists are currently campaigning against his entrance into Australia, petitioning the Minister for Immigration, Andrew Giles, or Giles, is it Andrew Giles? We'll say Giles. They want him to deny McCulloch's visa on the grounds that McCulloch is spreading misinformation. Now, I'd be shocked if he was banned from entering Australia, particularly as they're not in any kind of lockdown right now anyway. However, Eventbrite went ahead and cancelled Dr. Peter McCulloch anyway. So Eventbrite is the ticket platform, and they sent out an email informing its customers that the Dr. Peter McCulloch vaccine conference had been cancelled and a full refund was on its way. So Spectator Australia Again, Flat White also reported on this. Eventbrite wrote to its customers, Hello, we are reaching out to notify you that your order for this event has been refunded because the event does not comply with our community guidelines. Community guidelines? Your order has been refunded in full and you can expect to see a full refund. Blah, blah, blah. Goes on. Uh, Thank you for understanding and we apologise for any inconvenience. Sincerely, Eventbrite Trust and Safety. Of course, it's the Trust and Safety team who've cancelled them. Leader of the United Australia Party, Craig Kelly, took to Twitter and said this. He wrote, A few hours ago, Eventbrite in the USA have sent this email out to everyone that bought tickets to see Dr. McCullough in Australia. Eventbrite can go to hell. We are making alternative arrangements to get tickets to everyone. We do not live in North Korea. We will not be censored. Now, I first heard of this actually on Instagram, and I went to the Eventbrite page and I, I just I was just wondering how long Eventbrite would leave their comment section up for and if you go to Eventbrite's Instagram there's a picture of a goat that was their latest post and there was a few comments having a go at them and saying why they're never going to use them again or any events that they're putting on and I went back a day later and looked at it and there were dozens and dozens and dozens of comments and I was just wondering how long it would take for them to shut down that comment section, and they've, sh- they've shut it down. Oh, they've shut it down. But it seems to be only that one post. They haven't shut down 
all comments on all the posts as of yet, but there are still comments on posts further down. So, Eventbrite, I think you've kind of put your foot in it a little bit there, going along with the radical activists, the woke crowd in Australia. Probably the same woke crowd in Australia that wants to cancel Australia Day. But anyway, going to leave it there for today. This has been another episode of the Arriving Somewhere with Matt J podcast. Commentary, comedy and conversation. And I will see you good people in the next one.